Last orders at the bar, please. Welcome to Tavern Tales, a curated 5e Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the tales of the Yawning Portal campaign module by Wizards of the Coast. Welcome to White Plume Mountain, the fourth dungeon in Tales from the Yawning Portal. It's a whole new adventure with new players at the table. So grab a seat at the bar, because this is a fun one. Come sit down and drink with the enemy, raise a glass and toast to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So come sit down and laugh with the enemy, raise a glass and sing to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So Tavern Tales, White Plume Mountain, Session something. <laughs> kind of? Half? Point? Five? Point five. Point I like seven. point five. Point seven five? <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. Point seven. Hello. He- hello there. Yes, um, I have a tale to tell if that's all right. It's a good one and not not terribly long. Uh, what I always loved about this story is the, the weird band of heroes that came about from it. Um, It's called White Plume Mountain or... How Caraptus was brought low. Um, you, well, you may have heard it by a different name than that. I even heard it told as the Fairy Queen's daughter, but I'm not too sure how much of that happens in this tale. I have for you matches up in that much grander epic, of course. I I might get a few details wrong. I'm terribly sorry for that. I, I'm not the best tale tellers, so so do shout out if I I misstep at all, please. First, let me tell you how our adventurers met. All of them were established heroes of the realm. They'd all made a name for themselves in one way or another, and already they were as solo heroes, more or less. Um, three lords of the land, th- their names have largely been lost to time, but their descriptions were not. Um, the first, a-, a fiery dwarven lady of renowned temper of the old hill dwarf stronghold Kundrakar, had hired a hero to join the party to regain her family heirloom, the sentient battle-axe of the dwarves. Well, um, the interview with the hero was short and sweet. It was one question and one response. Why, you? So, how did your character answer that interview question that led your character to be on this adventure? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Sold. The next lord was an arrogant son of a bitch, most people just called him Baron Blowhard, who interviewed over 70 heroes to exacting measures before he was finally willing to entrust the return of his great trident wave from the clutches of Caraptus. The, the third lord was from further away than the other two, uh, uh, trusted both of them considerably less than he probably should have, and, and seemed to have begged his hero to go on this adventure itself. The lords also came to an agreement on a fourth member who would oversee the other three heroes and work towards all of the lords' demands to return with their heirlooms. I know very little as to how they came to this agreement, whether it was the lords themselves that came up with this idea, or if it was the hero herself who approached all of the lords together with this idea. And recently, I heard a tale in a darkened room on a cold, snowy night that a fifth member of the party had gone on this adventure for reasons of her own. He had not been hired by the lords, not individually or collectively, nor had he been known by the party to begin with. But 
he was there when they all gathered to meet for the first time, and he was a known hero of the lands, and it is his inclusion that makes my story different from the others, because what lurked in this hero's heart was vengeance. Our party of five that day found themselves together to discuss this trip, supplies, and what each of them brought to the table. Things were leery for a bit until Thasis spoke for the first time after eyeing up Vulcan and saying, Hey, how are yous? <sighs> I'm fine. Oh, I see, I see, I see. But before we get into the adventure itself, perhaps I'll describe the room and you can help me so that we can all kind of leave this basement studio kind of weird setup I've got and kind of fall into the world of the imagination. It is an open room that speaks of wealth and good taste. There is food laid out and a nice table to sit at. But there are also things on the walls that speak to how this is a fantastical place set in a fantastical land. So how do you know that this is a place of wealth and good taste? What kind of foods are laid out? What does the table look like? And what are these fantastical elements on the walls? All of the dishware and cutlery is made of gold. Damn it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Perfect table settings, like mm. like four forks. Formal, formal table settings. Yep. You have a dessert spoon. You have a salad fork. Dessert fork. <laughs> Soup spoon. <laughs> Is your character literally trying to figure out what's what? Yes. Okay. I like that. How else do we know? There are grand portraits hung all over the walls of paintings of important people who have been in this room in the past and beside those portraits hang grand animals that had been hunted down centuries ago and their heads hang on the walls like trophies. Holy crap, how does your feel- character feel about that? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. She wants mm. to be on the wall. She wants to be on the wall. Just Not as a stuffed head. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, she wants to be one of the portraits on the wall. How does she feel about the stuffed animals, the mythical beasts on the walls? I mean, she feels kind of bad for them, but then she was just like, hey, you were there, right? So. Cool. <laughs> Are you just like talking to one of the animal heads right now? Because I kind of like that. <laughs> Sup, dude? It's your fault. I've, I've got his name and everything. <laughs> his name's Bronwyn. You named one of the stuffed heads? Bronwyn, some sort of two-headed bear or... uh, Bronwyn is a two-headed elk. A two-headed elk. I like it. Yeah. Like double racks? Double racks, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means yet. You'll find out. <laughs> what what do you see, Colette, when your character's in the room? What do you what do you imagine when I describe that initial room to you? A full candy table, a full candy buffet laid out. Nice. Yeah. What type of candy? Because that does speak to wealth and opulence too. Oh well, there's got to be warheads and oh, yeah. uh, a bunch of sour candies all over the table. Yeah, cool gummy what, worms. What sort of bowls and jars are they in? They're in crystal balls, uh, bowls and jars. <laughs> nice and balls too why not right like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like a hanging ball of candy cool <laughs> that is i totally can picture that is your character at the candy table always okay. constantly <laughs> incessantly pocketing the candy what do you see the wait staff all have french accents and are all very rude and all dressed up to the nines with tails nine tails, nine tails. no Funny. just just tails on their jackets <laughs> 
I think that their jackets have nine tails. Yep, so fine. But no, they all have French accents and are all very rude. Nice. There are five chairs around this table for five adventurers to sit down at. Food is brought. Succulent, juicy, moist, pheasant, hams, yams, vegetarian dishes, dolls, which is a vegetarian Indian dish. Oh, dolls, D, like yeah. D-A-A-L. Yeah, not D-O-L-L. I'll be weird. Okay, okay, okay. So there's lots to eat. There's lots to have. You've been told where they believe white plume mountain is it's about a week's journey from here what what do the five of you say to each other when you first interact does anyone know what fork i'm supposed to use for this appetizer quite clearly you're supposed to work from the uh outside in everyone knows that i did know that i just needed a refresher uh-huh yeah i know bronwyn ridiculous <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, is one of our names Bronwyn? I would assume you were talking to one of us here. He would prefer it if you addressed him directly. He is right there on that wall. The exquisite two-headed elk, the double rack. Can't you see? It's right there. You speak to stuffed heads. You can too. <laughs> this will be very interesting. Indeed. <laughs> So Thesis, like, just kind of, like, pretends to eat, weirdly, just to, like, fit in. But her, okay. mo- her mouth doesn't move at all. So <laughs> it's it's really disconcerting, like, cutting a piece and then, like, lifting it up to her mouth and going, nom, 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 <laughs> and, like, putting it down and then, like, pretending to take another piece of food. <laughs> Why don't you describe what your characters look like to each other? Sure. <laughs> I'll start because I'm very weird looking. Thesis is a creation. So that means she's a warforged character race, which means she looks like a porcelain doll, not a typical warforged, which looks like something built for destruction. She looks like a fully life-sized porcelain doll. And I'm thinking specifically of the Russian real doll porcelain dolls that look very realistic and very sad and creepy. Her eyes are just black, though and that's the weirdest part but she can't move her lips her voice seems to come from the direction of her lips but there is no facial expression except for the one that is on her face all the time she has hair it looks like hair and she's wearing armor how tall Um, is she she's five foot six okay so she's about average about average yeah for a human um very very tall for a dwarf uh your character does appear to be humanoid human-esque yeah and what is she wearing so she's wearing a a long cloak that is covering sort of uh armor that is integrated into her skin basically it just looks like it's like built in there cool and the cloak is blue Cool. I can picture that. You may have a white gem. Yay, I like it. Anybody want to describe their character next? Sure. I'll describe Zuvis Movedath. He is very handsome. He is six foot one and approximately 185 pounds. And he has deep blue skin and his hair is short and silver and his eyes are ice blue. And he has, because he's a triton, his neck has fish gills Mm -hmm. in it to allow him to breathe underwater. And he has beautiful half plate armor that he wears at all times. All times. Okay. So he's always ready. And smelly. Yep. Very. Well, he kind of smells like fish. Now he's living in plate mail, fishy smell. Yeah. Cool. I, I can get behind that. Here's a white gem. Thank you. So make sure you take note of the descriptors that you've used for your character, because one of the things we'd like to do is just be consistent in that and use them when you're describing your character and what they're doing. Who wants to go next? 
Oh, and why don't you introduce yourself to everybody here and the podcast at large since no one knows who you are. I'm Jen. I've been working in Calgary theater and film scene for like 10 plus years. So this is for my first time playing D&D, especially Yay. on a podcast. So I'm super excited. My character is Kali. She is kind of a ragey, arrogant goddess, but she's great uh, because she's pretty. She gets away with a lot of stuff. So nice. <laughs> she pretty. And she's a druid. I picture her quite tall. I'm going to say around like six foot three. That is tall. She's like I said, she walks very tall and pointed. She leads with chest. Her double She's, rack. Her double rack. <laughs> <laughs> she has got like long, long silver hair. She has skin that's almost white. She wears gold headbands. Keep her long hair back and armbands as well. She has a long white and red kind of leather skirt and knee high leather boots that are also red. And cool. And she is what race? Because she's not human, right? She's something different. Kalashtar. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Kalashtar, which are... Two-spirited people. And what class is she? Level seven druid. <laughs> She's a druid. I love druid, it. Yeah, yeah. I totally can picture this very tall, very beautiful yeah. character. You may have a white gem. Thanks. What is a two-spirited? I don't know what they are. So they're created from the union of humanity and spirits. Yeah. From the plane of dreams. Cool. Mind link. You can speak telepathically to any creature you see. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dope. That's cool. All right. All I can do is breathe underwater. And who is our next player at the table? Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, and then we can dive into who this character is that you're playing. I'm a human named Colette. <laughs> and this is my first time playing D&D ever. <laughs> was invited here by my lovely wife to join. And me. And Kyle to join this awesome group of people. So I'm excited to see what it has to hold. Yes. Yeah. You're going to have lots of fun and then we'll be friends for life. Absolutely. that's what happens. <laughs> Tell me, who are you playing? So I am playing Rani and a bit of a description on her. Uh, looks kind of like an elephant, uh, turquoise skin, a big, f- large, floppy elephant ears. Looks kind of like a bit of a, a jock, kind of muscular, five foot seven, 150 pounds. You are the tiniest elephant person of all time. Yeah. Just You're a, like a pygmy elephant person. Small, but very strong. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Small, but very strong. Um, gentle, kind eyes and she's wearing some some different jewelry one of those little bracelets for essential oils bit of a hippie vibe <laughs> i love it <laughs> it's good just yeah. a tiny strong hippie elephant i like it and of course both my new players p- picked totally obscure races from other books but thankfully i have them so i think we're all doing pretty obscure what are you i'll check i'll wait and see what are you unky b is that you no unky b is also <laughs> retired <laughs> Hey, gone. So anyone you've ever chosen to do a voice for is gone? One shot. <laughs> Florian didn't really have a voice. He was just grumpy. Yeah. Oh, he was he was God. Everything was his creation. So I need to know more about Ronnie mm-hmm. because the f- principal description of the Loxodon in the book mm-hmm. is Loxodon's tower over most other humanoids standing <laughs> over seven feet tall. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes. 
you described everything else really well except for the turquoise skin which i mean like why not right like that's mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable i think that there's lots of different colorations and whatnot especially depending on what you're what you're eating mm-hmm. right right i think when i said five foot seven i meant uh, seven foot five. Oh, yeah, okay. I think- <laughs> uh, ronnie also has some dyslexia going on too so we're gonna have to watch out for that <laughs> i was hoping she just drank a lot of coffee <laughs> that sort of dyslexia where you look up to people at all times like, i just really look up to you and so i figure i'm like yeah not literally but okay. i'm sure metaphorically yeah because i we can so we can do one way you can be seven foot five that's cool okay or you can be five foot seven which is what you said before and mm-hmm. we can kind of explore what happened to ronnie to lose like two feet cursed mm. yeah a shrinking spell and because you're also not very heavy right you're like for a loxodon yeah. you're pretty like five foot seven in the weight your character was that's pretty mm. average it's like standard what happened so mm. which one do you want to go with do you want to go with the mystery or just mm. flip it to be like yeah she's seven foot five and she just looks down on everybody but is really kind let's go with the mystery cool yeah. all right yeah. i love it <laughs> i love this so yeah you've literally left loxodon society because <laughs> everyone's looking at you and calling you the pygmy elephant or making hippopotamus jokes sort Aww. of thing so yeah yeah it was rough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you've endeared me to me twofold you may have a white gem and a blue gem <laughs> whoa because you have this curse so we need to give you some sort of advantage uh going forward cool so you have some goals that i'm going to direct you all to do oh, you're going to want to figure out what's all going on how you need to get there what do you need to have to get there and go into this place you're required to trust each other based on the contract that you've built with your lord to bring your artifacts back right all right Good we have one more sense. character sitting in this room that also just happens to have a bunch of french bastard waiters, waiters. I so who else like, is like French? <laughs> who else is here at the table <laughs> trying to determine which fork is used for which plate? So we have Vulcan, master of the six galleons, who is a uh, tiefling barbarian. We're a weird party. This is a weird party. <laughs> we are a very strange party. Tell me more. He looks like your standard pirate. So he's wearing, you know, your standard pirate fair clothes, his shirt's unbuttoned. He's got bronzed skin, his tiefling horn, slick-backed black hair he's got a great axe over his back and his wings are folded in and he's got you know standard beast-like features and things like that and he's not using any of the forks because he's a pirate so he's just eating with his hands <laughs> and his hook just no he doesn't have a hook that's what he do cool well these five figures are in the room some of you know each other by reputation Ooh. <laughs> but i will ask have any of you actually encountered each other before on your adventures i feel like zuvis has encountered Countered Valken just because we're both constantly on the sea. Okay. And I feel like he has tried to capture some of my people previously because we're like underwater and when he goes fishing or whatever, he's accidentally caught some of my people in his net. Wow. Okay. So we're we're not very like he's gonna need to charm me. That's fake news. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anybody else know any of their other characters personally? Do Ronnie and Kali have they worked together in the past? It sounds like they would have, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have okay. worked together in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's say that they have. Okay. And it ended on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a slight reservation that each of you have about when you worked together, which is why you haven't worked uh, together again since then. Okay. Mm. 
that'll need to come out during role playing or not. That depends on you. But it would be fun if you could figure out what that was. What was your reservation for why you were not willing to work with them again? And it it's such a small petty thing. Like, oh, it's not even really worth bringing up. But you know, there was that one time sort of thing. And okay. go from there. But you all had homework three months ago, <laughs> which you all promptly said, yes, Kyle, we will gladly interestingly and excitedly do this because even if you haven't interacted personally or had a weird interaction where you were stealing Tritonians from underwater with your nets, you have... They're like sharks. You throw them back in the ocean. Just, yeah, yeah, it was just it's catch and release program. Space <laughs> fun's no good. What you have is you do know some of the heroic titles of the others at this table because all of you have been given a title by the people, by the by society, by the world with the tales and adventures that you've been told. And some of you have heard the story of each other. So do make sure that while you interact with each other for the first time and find out each other's names and who each other are, that you tell the story that you have heard about your fellow PC at the table. Who breaks the ice first? I was going to say, if it's me, I'm going to ask about cutlery again. <laughs> so not... <laughs> Zuvis. So, what are we all doing here? <laughs> that's, that's breaking the ice. No one said anything. That's breaking the ice. <laughs> yes, that is a good question. What are you doing here? I was invited. I don't know about you, but I have an actual reason to be here. Are you still mad about me catching your people and throwing them back? You could clearly tell that they were people and not fish. Ugh, gills are the same. There's a lot of tension in this room. Not gonna not gonna lie. I think it's actual. Oh, it's very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> So, how much does a polar bear weigh? <laughs> I don't know that. Enough to break the ice. <laughs> I like that joke. I'm going to write it down. Is that okay? Can I use that joke in the future? I, I don't know. Do you have a copyright on it? I did write it myself, but I'm willing to release the rights. The one I'm working for is all of them, right? Aren't you the fifth secret one? Yeah. So. I went to no. them. There's three lords. Are you the one with vengeance in your heart? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Thesis sort of leans in and it's very creepy because she's like a doll across the table and as far as you can tell she's looking at you Vulcan and she's like I think I know you from somewhere maybe a story and what story would that have been aren't you the master of the six galleons that's what I call myself <laughs> okay but but is it um true that you actually change the galleons together to capture an entire other fleet. That's what I told that school that one time. <laughs> Can I get your autograph? You're that Raven Queen's cruel aberration. No, I'm her favorite. Mm, I don't think so. Those cold, dead eyes staring back at me like a porcelain doll sitting on a shelf. Wait, <laughs> he is not making any friends. <laughs> I see that you spent too much time at sea <laughs> and haven't learned how to make friends. I like me. I'll work on you. Don't worry. 
I like me? Yeah. Is that what your character says? That's what he says. <laughs> Quietly under his breath. I love that. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm here to look for something important for someone important. I've also been hired by somebody. It's all good. We'll we'll get there. I'll help you. It's good. I've been hired by three someones, so I'm obviously in a better place than all of you. You have friends? Did I say I had friends? No, I just I just sort of assumed. You assumed incorrectly, unless you were being sarcastic. She's gonna be difficult to deal with. Me and my four racks can deal it already. <laughs> Can I see those? (laughs) For the right price. There's spice racks. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And this is all my thyme. And this is all my rosemary. I keep my garlic here. Nice. Just a pinch of. (laughs) Pinch of cumin. (laughs) Oh, that's not what I thought. I thought it was pronounced differently. Continue. Thesis is really, really trying to get Zubis's attention and try to solve what is wrong with his friend. I assume they're friends, <laughs> you know, based on their previous interactions. Mm. Rani, you. I know you. I think. I've heard your story under the depth of our seas. Something about rebirth of lost people. I myself have experience with lost people. And he glances over at Vulcan. <laughs> What did you hear? Interestingly enough, she found and located an entire colony and race of lost people and gave them life and resurfaced their race. You can do that? Yes, it is true. And I I think after this adventure we do, I may want to enlist your services to find some of my lost people. It would be my honor to help. The royal court of the seas would be greatly appreciated. That is not the only reason I'm here, though. Tell me more. What is the reason you're here? So you look like an elephant. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Rad, you're so cool. Like you. Like she's just like, (laughs) Thesis is like bouncing. Don't let her touch your trunk. (laughs) (laughs) It is sacred. (laughs) so Well, you would know that from the one time that you touched my trunk. I do know uh, it uh, didn't turn out well for me. Okay, so there's a no touching trunk policy. (laughs) Got it. Can I touch your ear? Well, yes, that's fine. Okay. (laughs) She goes to pieces if you give her a good ear scratch. (laughs) I don't know how to do that, but practice on Vulcan. (gasps) Oh, not again. Last show we did, we already had a thing. <laughs> That's not what's going on. You're fine. God you're fine. You're, fi- you're, you're fine, Aaron. Happens every goddamn time. All right, we've gotten a couple of titles out already. What titles have been missed? Whose titles have we not heard? He didn't really tell the story of why. No, I he didn't. That. No, he just he avoided it. He did. Yeah, I've alluded to my title, Palatine of the Lost Seas. Right. Perfect. Just Palatine of the Seas. I like the Lost though, but then I don't want to take that away from the Lost People from the Lost Sea on the lost planet no wonder you want to hire her (laughs) you've been rebirthed (laughs) that story's been lost Okay. Zuvis, I've heard you say your name upon introducing yourself. Palatine of the Lost Seas. I know who you are. Yes, many people do. Well, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Moving on. I wrote in my thing, arrogant. 
<laughs> nice. So, so friendly. I always play friendly. What does that mean? I'll be your friend. Palatine of the Seas. I've heard that you, Suvis, get to bless each warrior that fights for the kingdom of the Undersea Folk. Yes, you are very correct. And it is a great honor that has been bestowed upon me. Can I see that sometime? The honor on me? No, like, do you get to, like, um, like, I mean, you're underwater, so spraying them with water would be weird. But, like, do you get to, like, spray them with sand? No, I do not. So could I see it sometime? The non-existent sand throwing that you think happens that doesn't? I mean, really, the thing that, the real thing, you know, the real thing that happens. You're a very interesting one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My mother thinks I'm great, too. So you over there, Kali, the matriarch of the fallen spirit, I've heard about you. Uh, You're the one who's fed the hungry ghosts and nourished their souls, the fallen and forgotten ones, and brought them back to life. You heard correct. Someone has to do it because you can't. This. (laughs) 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 I wrote in my description, arrogant as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, you don't get to this level without being a jerk. Right? They'll totally bond over their shared arrogancies. No. <laughs> no. No, they won't. They might. They might. Yeah, they actually might. I love it. They also look very similar. Yeah. When Ronnie gestured over to Kali, did you point at Kali with your trunk or with your hand? Uh, With my trunk. Just don't touch it. I threw my hands up because I know what happens when you touch your trunk. So. That's fair. Yeah. I cannot wait oh, for that no. to happen in this game. <laughs> Vulcan. Mm. Wasn't it? Wasn't there like a princess involved where there was like a fake marriage with the six galleons so that you could get them in the first place? Yes. You're still married to her? No. (laughs) She got the kids and the divorce. It was a whole thing. (laughs) By kids, you mean the ships? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be funny. That's adorable. Well, this conversation, as stilted and awkward as it has been, because, you know, first time playing and all of that that comes with meeting new people and new energies at the table, does go on at length. And candy and rich crudités and appetizers and whatnot have definitely loosened things up. There's alcohol. Occasionally, Bronwyn says something like, you should tell them another story. And it gets awkward. But... The five of you, by the end of a couple of hours of conversation and eating, have come to a couple of things. The first is respect, begrudging or otherwise, of the other people at the table as solid, capable adventurers that you feel you can trust, you hope, on this forthcoming adventure. Whether or not that means you can trust them as far as you can throw them, or trust them to just make a good watch for the evening, trust them with your artifacts, whatever degree of that trust is, you at least trust them to go out on an adventure with them. And that does speak to a certain modicum of trust, which you will need in order for the table to work together. Two, after this trust is established, one of you then brings up, where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And, uh, you know, those big important W, how are we going to get there? Those big important questions. And those answers, as you ask them, can be forthcoming from the rest of the group, from research that your characters did after you did the interview and got the job. 
or they can be things you don't know at all. But either way, you're more than welcome to ask the question and within the context of the group answering it, I can provide you some of the answers that you may need to want answered. Furthermore, you're going to need supplies and gear, right? But let's just presume that you are solid, capable, seventh level adventurers. So if you need to have a tent or a bedroll or a backpack or a periapt of wound closure, that you have such things other than a few special, important, magical items that your characters have acquired on their journeys that you hope will be useful over the context and course of this game. And now everybody should have four magic items, except for a few people at the table don't have any because they are surprised that your characters already have that will be revealed. So I'm not overwhelming you with like spells and gear and character sheets. And here's all the other stuff. It's like, and here's all your magical items too. Like, let's just not dump everything on you all at once. So what are some questions that you have while sitting at the table making these primary plans to head out and reclaim these goods that have been stolen from these lords. And maybe you might want to discuss how you got to be here and who hired you and all of that other element. <laughs> I've never been to White Plume Mountain before. Do we need mountaining equipment? <laughs> One would assume to climb a mountain that you need mountaining equipment. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I'll try to find some cool. Well, does anybody want to discuss this or what they're here for or keeping their cards close to their chests? I'm here primarily because mm, I'm supposed to find something called Black Razor. I am starting to understand why all of the lords came to me and begged me to assist all of you individuals with finding the items they've requested. Yeah, I've had babysitters before too. That is what I'm sensing this job is. <laughs> Well, I'm just here for vengeance. <laughs> just right out with it. But that seems like a that seems like a joke. Like to set the scene. Ronnie's already told a joke or two. So that's Oh Ronnie, you're so funny. Well, I for one don't need a babysitter, but I can play as part of a team, so... What team sport do you play? <laughs> the team sport of getting to White Plume Mountain, of which you are now a part of. What's our team name? The White Plume Mountain Warriors. I love it. <laughs> Where exactly are we going? Why exactly are we going there? Should we not discuss these things? You seem to be the leader in charge. I am so happy that you have recognized that. Why don't you tell us more? From what I have been told, which has been very little, because I was told that all of the each individuals who have been hired by specific lords would understand their tasks, which does not seem to be the case, is that there were certain artifacts that had to be collected at White Plume Mountain. Yep. Black Razor, Wave, and Whelm. Three sentient weapons of inestimable value that have been stolen by Caraptus. Caraptus, a name that has not been heard in these parts for over a thousand years, all of whom thought was dead, has suddenly left a poem, the same poem, at all three lords' residences when the artifacts were stolen. It is exactly as the voice that just boomingly came down upon us described. It's called projection. <laughs> 
I'm also a sentient weapon. I identify with these things. Is that the poem? Nice. You want to read the poem? Sure. Yes. Search ye far or search ye near. You'll find no trace of the three unless you follow instructions clear. For the weapons abide with me. North past forest, farm and furrow. You must go to the feathered mound. Then down away from the sun you'll burrow. Forget life, forget light, forget sound. To rescue wave, you must do battle with the beast in the boiling bubble. Crossed cavern vast where chain links rattle. Lies whelm past water spouts double. Black razor yet remains to be won. Underneath inverted ziggurat that garnered think not that you're done. For now you'll find you are caught. I care not former owners brave what heroes you seek to hire. Thou mighty I'll make each one my slave or send him to the fire. Slavery is bad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we'll end today's session. I was just getting warmed up like I... (laughs) This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales, a curated Dungeons & Dragons 5e game set in the Tales of the Yawning Portal adventure module by Wizards of the Coast. Our intro and outro music is the song Tavern Tales by the Bad Billy Band. You can find out more about the Bad Billy Band on iTunes or at www.badbillyband.com or follow them on Twitter at badbillyband. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or find us on Twitter at tavern underscore tales. We'll be back next week with more of the adventure. I will admit, the two of you picked races I did not know. I had no idea what these races were. When they're like, I'm going to play a Kalashtar. I'm going to play a Loxodon. I'm like, those are words? <laughs> I knew Loxodon, because that's from magic. Oh, is it? Yeah, because oh. the book is it's the Ravnica it's the book. the Magic the Gathering book. Oh, and then cool. the, other, the other one, uh, Theros, is also like the Greek mythology magic mm-hmm. sets. That's cool. What? Crossing things over.